good morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 119. I'm looking for my son. I'm supposed to be bringing my, my, my table in. <laughs> so Psalm 119, if you have it. Um, and uh, let me flip there real quick. Psalm 119, starting verse 9, and, and listen, here's what you're going to hear over the next year, and the reality is we're always going to be a, a church that's built upon uh, God's Word. That's the foundation of everything that we do. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Psalm 119, starting verse 9, um, and it says this. Good grief. I'm having a little bit of problems here. <laughs> says, how can a young person keep his way what? Pure. pure. All right. How can a young person keep his way pure or a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word, right? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord, and teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees and I will not neglect your word. Over this next year, our reality and the, the, the hope that we have for, for each and every one of us is that we're going to dig in more into God's word, right? First of all, I believe, and, and, and it's important for us to understand this, in order to be a church that's going to be effective, and I would even say it like this, in order to be a person or a Christian, a Christ follower, who is going to be effective day in and day out, when the fiery darts come against you, when trials come against you, when, when pain comes along, when death comes along, when difficulties come along, in order to be able to walk through all of those situations and circumstances, we have to delight ourselves in God's Word. And the truth of the matter is this, that if I don't grow in my own relationship, and please hear me out when I say this, the church is here, the church is going to invest in, we're going to disciple, we're going to make disciples and things like that. But if you're not actively pursuing a relationship with Jesus day in and day out, you're going to miss out on the greatest thing you could ever experience. Because the truth of the matter is this, that your growth is only determined or built upon or based upon how much you want to put into it. In other words, if you want to be an immature Christian for the rest of your life, you can be an immature Christian. It's, it's the type of people who come into church, they sit down, they don't do anything, but they just sit. And then listen, there's great intent there, right? Like, I want to be around other believers. I want to dig into the word when, when, when a preacher's unpacking it. But listen to me, the Bible is made for normal everyday, ordinary people. You don't have to have a doctorate. You don't have to have a degree from seminary in order to understand, relate, and communicate, and grow in your relationship with Jesus. Not one of the disciples had a seminary degree. We kind of joke about that all the time, right? Like if you went to seminary, sometimes the old statement is, yeah, I went to cemetery. Because it's, it's, it's the point where it oftentimes, guys begin to have problems and struggles and difficulties because they get into so much. And so here's, here's what we're really pushing, right? Over the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about developing habits. Now, we all know that habits are different, right? 
Everybody's got different habits, different priorities, different uh, things that, that we go about and we do, right? But in order to develop a habit, I have to do something day in and day out consistently, right? Like brushing your teeth is a what? I hope. It's a habit, right? Like I, I hope putting deodorant on is a habit. I hope taking a shower is a habit. I hope providing for your kids is a habit. But I want you to understand this, that all of those things we look at, and we go, well, duh, I don't, nobody wants to smell, right? Well, duh, nobody wants to have bad breath or lose their teeth. But I want you to think about this way. How often do we do that and go, ah, oh, it's just God's word. I don't need it. See, everything becomes a habit, but then there's oftentimes there's ways where we push things aside and go, I just... When the thing that should be the most habitual for us, which would be to run to God's word, is oftentimes the thing that we don't run to until everything falls apart, right? Like when bad things happen, when difficult situations arise, when all of a sudden my kids start acting out and I'm like, whoa, I don't know what to do, or my marriage begins to fall apart, and, and, and all of those things become the thing that we run to when it's hit the fan. When the reality is we do it day in and day out. And listen, here's, here's the beauty of it. With the new year, obviously, there, I mean, everybody knows about it, right? We got New Year's what? Resolutions. We got new commitments. We got evaluations. Maybe you've watched, matter of fact, my phone is blown up because I decided to look up about getting a gym membership, right? <laughs> and if I go to Facebook now, Planet Fitness, Genesis Health Clubs. Like it's always, it's always popping up. I get the advertisements. I knew what I looked up because the minute that happened, Facebook's like, oh, here, we're going to, you know, and then I get these other things like this, this thing popped up yesterday. Matter of fact, I'm not going to lie. I watched a 12 minute video on this thing called V Shred and it was like, pay $87 now. Like <laughs> Corey's laughing. It, pay $87 now and we'll teach you how to eat right. And you know, I'm like, man, I just wasted 12 minutes. So, <laughs> right? But that's the reality of what oftentimes takes place is the new year brings about this idea that we want to commit to new things. We want to evaluate what's gone on in the past and we want to really create new habits that are going to be healthier for us. And so listen, depending on what your habits are, habits can be good habits, habits can be bad habits. Some of us may need to make big changes in our lives while others may just need a small tweak or a change here or there. The reality is that God wants to do great things in each and every one of us. And listen, never underestimate the power of small changes. And so when we talk about this sermon series called Habits, this whole idea is built upon this, small changes, big results. See, here's the struggle oftentimes when we're talking about this this title today, A Healthy Diet of God's Word. Most people have a great intent to dig into God's Word, right? And here's what happens. We start to read, then we hit Leviticus for some of you, and you quit. Or you start to read, and you miss a day, and you just stop. When, listen, here, small changes to equal big results, and so here's one of the things we want to do. Matter of fact, as you came in, you probably got this. I'm going to tell you to take it out right now if you have it. If you don't, it'll be up on our screen. Or you can go to the poster back there on the wall. Or you can pick one of these up at the end of the day. Most people struggle with, I don't know what to do and how to read. Here's the beauty. You can take out your phone right now. You can scan this QR code. 
And it's going to take you to our church Bible reading plan. Every month, there's going to be a new thing. All right? Every month is new. We've done it in the past where we've done this year-long Bible reading plan through the year. And listen, if that's you, go for it. I'm never going to squash the bug and say, hey, don't read the Bible in a year. Never going to tell you that. What we're trying to do is give you bite-sized, small changes that will push you deeper into God's Word. So you can scan this. Matter of fact, I pulled it up this morning. I've already done it. For those of you who haven't, I know who you are. I'm just joking. If you go in there, everybody who's signed up can kind of go in there. So you got the Version Bible app. You can download it. You can see who's in there. You can make comments. You can read it. Listen, part of it's accountability. Part of it in reality is just saying, hey, we want to get you into God's Word. And here's the reason why. Because God's Word is the very thing that changes my heart from the get-go. God's word is the thing that convicts me, right? Anybody ever been to a place or maybe, maybe you came out of the holidays and maybe you felt convicted, maybe you felt like people were judging you or the attitudes and actions of family members and things like that really bore a burden on you, really put a burden and you felt like, oh, I just can't deal with this. But listen, to me, the greatest conviction is right here. It's God's word. God's word is the very thing that is going to change us. And so listen, when we talk about small changes that lead to big results, I want you to think about this. Sean Covey said this, depending on what they are, our habits will either make us or break us. We become what we we repeatedly do. I can't say that word. It's a new year. We become what we repeatedly do. And so here's my challenge. Here's the challenge for myself. Here's the challenge for each one of us individually in this church is if we become what we repeatedly do, then my goal this year is that daily I am in God's word because I become what I repeatedly do. And I want to become more of what Jesus called me to be and less of what the world thinks I ought to be because God wants to do something great in me. And so listen, we get a great attempt to get to know God in a great way, and that's through his word. Vince Lombardi says this, watch your actions because they become habits, and watch your habits because they become your character. One of the greatest coaches of all time said that. So over the next few weeks, we're going to look at the changes that I believe God requires in our life, that God desires for us in order to experience the abundant life that he talks about. Bible reading is one of the most important, if not what I would say the most important thing in your spiritual journey for maturity, period, right? Like, I I can't emphasize this enough. It does not take a seminary degree to read the Bible. If you have questions, you can ask. And so today, I'm going to unpack this, what I'll call the benefits. Here are some benefits of daily intake of God's Word. So if you remember anything, I want you to remember this. The Bible is meant to be the bread of life for my daily life and to lead me into the full life that God has for me. The Bible is meant to be the bread of life, the daily life I live. It's to be the bread of life, the sustenance, the nourishment in every situation and circumstance that will lead me into the full life that God has. You know, what's crazy about New Year's is oftentimes we look at it and we go, man, I'm not sure I'm really experiencing everything that God has for me. 
And what I would say is if you're missing out on God's word, then I would say you're probably not. Because God has so many great things in store. So here's benefit number one of daily intake of God's word, what we call a healthy diet, right? And I I reference back to like my desires to get healthy. And you have to understand that I eat out um, pretty much every day of the week. My wife will tell you because I meet with pastors pretty much daily. And one of the first things I always do is like, hey, let's go out to eat. Well, no, that's not true. One of the first things I always do is, hey, you want to meet over lunch, right? Because that's an easy lunch meeting. (laughs) It's an easy way to connect. Uh, My first year working for the Missouri Baptist Convention, I put on 27 pounds in like six and a half months. Yeah, I know. I had to change because I would literally meet a pastor for coffee. Well, breakfast, then it was coffee, then it was lunch, then it was coffee, and then I'd go home. And Sarah would be like, hey, we're eating out tonight. I don't want to eat out. (laughs) Like, I know, no. And she's like, well, this woman ain't cooking, so I don't know what you're doing, but we, you know. But there is an importance to understanding a healthy diet of God's word within my life. Because if I am what I eat, right, if I go down that road, then I need to understand that there are some great health benefits for me taking in God's word. Here's benefit number one. It gives me strength for every trial and test. In the book of Jeremiah, I'm going to reference a number of things. I I talk about Psalm 119. As a matter of fact, it's one of my favorite chapters when it comes to living and investing and reading and understanding and knowing God's word because it talks about all the benefits. But we reference 119 because how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. But listen, here is a benefit. It gives me strength for every trial and every test. I want you to know that you and I are always going to go through trials and tests. It's not a matter of if, but when. There is no promise that once you have faith in Jesus Christ that you're never going to face a difficulty, a struggle, a trial, or a test. There is no promise whatsoever about that. The promise is, though, that God will be with me in every circumstance, in every situation. And so the benefit is this, that in every trial, in every test I go through, God's word is going to give me strength to get through those. Listen to Jeremiah chapter 15. It says, when your words came, I ate them, and they were joy, they were joy for my heart and my heart's delight. They were my joy and my heart's delight. Listen. When you go through a trial and a test and a struggle and a difficulty, God's word is a joy for you. That's why Paul can come and say, I consider it all joy whenever you face trials of many kinds, right? Right? Paul didn't say, well, you can waller in self-pity. No, he said, consider it joy. Be joyful always, pray continually, Right? And we can sit back and we go, I'm entering a new year, and you don't realize how rough this was. What we understand is this, that I can get the strength to walk through the tests and trials with joy because God's word will give that to me. Doesn't mean there's not going to be heartache. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be difficult, but it does mean that I can go through it knowing that God is in control. Listen to what John Piper says, and I think about this. My mom's been here for the last week, and I want you to think about this. She loves tea. As a matter of fact, we like tea. But John Piper said this way, if you don't steep your mind in the Bible, the best you can hope for is a weak Christian life. And I thought about that with the teas that we've, we've busted the tea thing out, right? You pour the hot water in, you let this, we got this little silver strainer type thing, you put the tea petals or whatever, you know what I'm talking about? 
I'm getting all fancy on you. Put the tea in there, and you let it sit in the hot water, and it soaks, and it steeps. And the longer it steeps, the stronger it gets. And nobody likes weak coffee or weak tea, at least not that I know of, right? But you and I know that a strong Christian is steeped in the Word of God. In other words, they are immersed in it. They are soaked in it. They let it so ooze into them and infiltrate their heart and overtake what's going on that it's literally what seeps out. That's why the Bible says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So as we enter a new year, if you're a person who says, I can't control my mouth, you probably aren't steeped in God's word. When you get into a confrontation or a struggle and you can't give forgiveness, you're probably not steeped in God's word. You haven't let God's word so influence you that it creates an external change to those around you. So benefit number one, it gives me strength for every trial and test. Now, think about it this way. In Matthew chapter four, Jesus went to be tested. He was tried. And in Matthew chapter four, Satan comes and he begins to test Jesus. And he literally says, hey, listen, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And here's what's crazy. Jesus says, it's written. Man does not live on what? Bread alone, but on, say this with me, every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus knew that the only answer to every test and every trial was the word of God. Why? Because you don't live on bread alone. That if you walk through struggles and difficulties, the reason oftentimes we walk through these struggles and difficulties are usually our own craziness, our own chaos, our own bad decisions, right? That lead us in a way that go haywire. And so it gives me strength for every trial. He goes on in verse 8, right? In verse 7 it says, throw yourself down because the angels will come and save you. And Jesus says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Here's a thing. He answers a question with God's word. And then the third question or the, the third thing he does, Satan says, listen, all of this I will give you if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus answers again, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Listen, Jesus was able to get strength for the tests and trials because he knew God's word and it oozed in him. Number two is this. The benefit of daily intake of God's word, it leads me to experience the full life that Jesus gives. Please hear me out when I say this. When Jesus said, I want you to experience abundant and full life in me, he didn't say that and go, it's only for a few of you. It's only for a couple of you. It's only for a, a, a very small portion he said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy through tests and trials and different things like that. But I have came that, that you may have life and life more abundant. An abundant life is experienced in a strong, vibrant, growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we don't experience and don't have the abundant life that God has for us, we have to begin to ask this question, is it God or is it me? And what you're going to find out 10 out of 10 times is it's you. It's me. Because we've let other things become the priority. The primary purpose of reading the Bible is not to get to know the Bible, but to get to know God. Because it reveals everything about God. He 
says it like this, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. In other words, it's a desire to get a healthy fix or a craving. Ask a new mom what it's like when her baby wants pure milk. What are they going to do? I mean, I could pull Maria up here, or I could ask Gina or anybody else who's going to be, right? They're going to let you know they need that nourishment. And that's exactly what we've got to crave, the pure spiritual milk of what God wants. Listen to Isaiah chapter 55. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. Listen to what he says. It will not return to me empty. This is God. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent. It leads me to the full and abundant life that God wants. Why? Because God wants us to experience or achieve the purpose for which he sent his word. And that is to encourage, to build you up, to call you up, to strengthen you, to call you to righteousness, and to be a light in a vessel that's going to take the gospel to those around the world. Across the street and around the globe. So, Benefit number two, it leads me to experience the full life. And again, I got to keep this very simple. I want you to understand this. This is not for people who have PhDs and everything else only. This is for any normal person. Number three, the benefit of it is it teaches me God's wisdom and ways. Listen to Psalm 119, verse 130. The unfolding of your word gives light and it gives understanding, listen, here it is, to the simple. Now, wait a second. Did you just hear what he said? The unfolding of your word gives light. In other words, it illuminates my path. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, God. But the unfolding of your word, in other words, the, the opportunity to dig in and grow gives light to my body. And we all know what light does. I don't know about you, but like for me, when it's light out, the blinds are open. As a matter of fact, the other day I was out, I was like, man, we just got to get outside. It was sunny. It was like the vitamin D rays are coming in. I'm enjoying this because it's been dark and cold. And listen, I know there are those who love to hermit, right? Blinds closed, don't want to see anybody, lights off. I had a friend that's that way. Like when his wife would leave, the AC went really low. The blinds got drawn shut, and he never had a light on. And I'm the guy who's like, blinds open, lights on. I want to see everything under the sun. Light, light. But the unfolding of God's word gives light. It gives light to my body. Why? Because God is light. In him, there's no darkness. But listen, it also gives understanding to the simple. I believe one of the biggest difficulties we face is this. We try and make things complex and complicated. When the Bible tried to make things simple and reproducible. Complexity is hard. You can't reduplicate it. But the Bible says, I'm going to make it simple. I give understanding to the simple. So it teaches me God's ways and God's wisdom. Billy Graham says it this way, if you're ignorant of God's word, you will always be ignorant of God's will. So listen, we live in a world that's bombarded by all kinds of philosophies and thought processes and opinions about what is truth. 
And what we find out is truth is not a relative thing. The Bible is very clear that God is truth, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But the idea also is this, that if something is true, then it might be true for you, but it's not true for me. But what God's word says is, listen, I give light to the simple. Give light and understanding to those who are simple. I want you to think about it this way, and I, I want to challenge parents today when we talk about teaching our kids God's wisdom and His ways. I'm going to pop this slide up on the screen. I want you to kind of see it real quick. This is a LifeWay study that popped up. For those of you who can't read it, which you probably can't read it, at the very top, best predictors of spiritual health among young adults. Anybody know what number one would be? A child who regularly read the Bible while growing up. Do you want to have a, a child who's going to, listen, walk in the ways of the Lord? Then you regularly engage your children in reading the Bible together. That's what's beauty, beautiful about this, even this reading plan, because I just did it today. I read three verses in Genesis. I read a verse out of Colossians. You may go, well, that's not much. Yeah, yeah I understand that it's not much. But for some of you, it's more than you've gotten in months. And for others, if you've got a Bible reading plan, you're reading three, four, five chapters a day, great. Please hear me out. It's not a stop on you. Please continue to do that. But a Bible or a child who is engaged in God's word daily is going to be more successful, is going to be more spiritually healthy as a young adult than one who doesn't. Listen to these things. A child regularly spent time in prayer while growing up, that's number two. A child who regularly served in church while growing up, one of the things that we talk about consistently is our children are not the church of the future, they're the church now. That's why you'll see some of our kids and teenagers who are involved in serving in various ministries throughout the church. Because we believe that that's the role of what God wants to do in our lives. Our kids can't wait till they're 18, 19, 20 to figure out what they're called to do. They need to know now. What does God gifted me in? What has God called me to do? Child who listened primarily to Christian music, there's number four, all right? A child who participated in church mission trips or projects, outreach events and things like that. Number six down was a child's best friend who was an influence to follow Christ while growing up. Now the bottom ones, listen to this, the very bottom ones, the red ones. Here's a negative predictor. The child did not want to go to church as a teen. Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever been that that situation, that experience? You you don't want to go. My mom and dad drugged me. You know, we called it the drug syndrome. They drugged me to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I'm not, I'm not out. I get it. But listen, here's one of the things that you have to step up as a parent and say, listen, it is a priority. But here's the reality, and here's why I believe most people struggle with not wanting to go to church. Because they look at God's word and they go, man, it's too complicated. It's too difficult. It's not. You just need some basic understanding. And that's why I'm going to give a shameless plug. On Wednesday nights, once we relaunch our kids' ministry stuff, we're going to do a thing on Wednesday nights at the same time for adults who aren't serving currently and want to get involved. We're going to walk through a thing called the quest for the Bible. I've done it in the past. I've done it twice here before. Something I created a long time ago at my church. We'll spend about... I don't know, probably about 10 to 12 weeks in the Old Testament and about six to eight weeks in the New Testament. My goal is to kind of fly through it before summer. 
Um, but you can join us on Wednesday nights at 6.30, right? 6.30? Yeah, 6.30. For those of you who aren't serving. And those of you who might serve, you can jump in and you can come and join us if you want. But if you want to say, I want to know more about the Bible. I, gotta, I don't understand the big picture of what all is going on. You can join us for that on Wednesday nights. So listen, benefit number three we said is it teaches me God's wisdom. And I talk about engaging your kids in the Bible. We've got a simple gift. You can grab it. We've been doing this for a couple years now. If you're a parent, you say, I don't know what all to do with my kids. You can go and grab. Right now, back on our table is our Right Now Media. You can go to our website and look up resources and click on the Right Now Media thing. It's completely free. It's a video-based library. Your kids can watch videos. You can watch videos with them. They're Christian-based. They're all going to point towards that. We, we used to do, matter of fact, we've done in the past, uh, the guy who created VeggieTales, every night or a couple nights a week, we would go through and, and do a, a video, and then we'd have the discussion questions at the end. And it engages your children in God's Word. And they can watch stuff. Matter of fact, I would tell you, download this sucker before you ever let them get YouTube kids and say, hey, watch some of this stuff because this is going to be fruitful versus who knows what you're watching. I don't know on YouTube kids. All right. So here's number four. And we go back to, to uh, Psalms 119. Rule number four, or benefit number four, sorry, is this. God's word judges my thoughts and my attitudes. God's word judges my thoughts and my attitudes. Listen, listen real quick to what he says one more time. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. With my lips, I... I recount all the ways that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as I rejoice in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and I consider your ways. I delight in your decrees and I do not neglect your word. When I talk about this, it judges my thoughts and attitudes. I want you to think about this. Hebrews chapter four, it's just gonna pop up on the screen, says this, for the word of God is alive and active. It's living and it's active. COVID, to a certain extent, is living. It's a living organism or virus, whatever you want to call it. And it's active. Same with flu and different things like that. But I want you to think about it this way. The Word of God is living. It is alive. It's breathing. It functions. It goes in great ways. It, it, it reproduces. It brings light. It exposes the bad things. And it says it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing bone, uh, uh, soul and spirit, joints and marrow. But then it says this, it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of what? The what? The heart. So listen, God's word is the very thing that is going to judge me. So I allow God's word to do the judgment upon the people around me. I just speak the truth of God's word to those in love. That I show them God's great grace. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the words and so deceive yourselves, but do the words. In other words, become and live the word out in front of those. Why? Because the word is the very thing that judges my thoughts and my actions. That's the thing that separates everything out. So how I treat others, how I lead my family, how I raise my kids, what I value in life, how I care for others, how I ask for forgiveness, how I extend forgiveness, how I give grace to those who are around me, all stem from that idea that I have understood God's word because God's word is the very thing that judges my thoughts 
and my actions. Think about that and my attitudes in my heart, right? Think about it, right? You can hide your thoughts from all of us in here. But who can't you hide your thoughts from? Right? Listen to what it says again. It judges my thoughts. Now, I don't know about you, but my mind goes in pretty crazy places at times. You're like, wait a second, you're a pastor. Yes, I know. And my mind goes to some crazy places at times because my thought process may get short-circuited because I begin to think on things that aren't of Scripture and aren't of God, and I begin to think other things. It judges my thoughts, but it also judges my attitudes. And the word uh, benefit number five, it reveals the key to eternity. I want you to think about this. It reveals the key to eternity. The rest of my life, all eternity hangs on the balance of where my relationship is with Jesus. Jesus is the key to eternity. And all of Scripture reveals the key to eternity. Matter of fact, Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, my eternal words will never pass away. It points people to Jesus. And that's exactly what we want to do in every way, shape, or form that we want to point others to Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 says, we are to grow in every way into him who is the head, that is Christ. In other words, He's the key to eternity, that we are to grow into him who is the head. We are to become more Christ-like, not less Christ-like. And here's what's crazy. As times have gone on, it seems like some people have good intentions to live the Bible out, but their attitudes and their thoughts are terrible towards everybody else. And that's not Christ-like. That's not godly. It's not allowing God to convict and God to correct and God to judge. It's that we sit as judge, jury, and executioner. First Peter chapter 2 says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. That's what we just talked about. So that by it you may grow up in your salvation. So here's what I want to do. Very simple way, and this is how we're going to close. I want to give you six steps, and I'm talking quick. So you might want to write these down. And you may say, well, this is basic. This is crazy. Number one, start small. I believe that we've started you off small. If you are not in a daily Bible reading process or plan, all you got to do is pick this thing up. Four verses. You may say, well, that's not very many. Listen, I get it. I hope four becomes 12 becomes a chapter, becomes two chapters, becomes three chapters to where you're reading the Bible through in a year or maybe through two or three times a year. And you may say, well, I don't have that kind of time. I'll bet you you do. You just got to evaluate the time you put into everything else, right? I don't know how much time you spend driving, but you can download that app and you can listen to the Bible while you're driving. And please help me out. When you're doing that, and you yell at the guy next to you, I guarantee it's going to judge your thoughts and your actions pretty darn quick when you're like, what are you doing? Oh, man, I'm listening to this. I should not do that. (laughs) Okay? Start small. Keep it simple. This is small. This is simple. We want you to engage. Number two is have a plan. Guess what this is? You have a plan. 
but it takes you taking the responsibility to say this. Listen, I've got to do the next great thing. I've got to clear out some time. And I will tell you this, as much as I love this for engaging the Bible, this has got to go for me. This is me. Some of you may say it's not that big a deal because here's what happens. I'll sit down and start reading, text message, text message, notification, text message, reminder, calendar reminder, text message. And it's like, well, there went my time for reading. So for some of you, this is going to work great. For others of you, you got to take this and maybe give it to your wife or you got to shut it off for five minutes so that you can engage God's word and you can spend some time in prayer. So I have a plan. I create a regular time and a regular place. Some of you, that's going to be morning. Some of you, that's going to be night. Some of you who get up early in the morning, you say, man, hey, no way at four o'clock in the morning. I got time for that because I am going to fall asleep. For others of you, you're going to be like, man, I know when it's perfect time. It's going to be before I go to bed, I'm going to read with my kids, and then we're going to do it this way. So you got to create a regular time and a place. It's creating a habit. And then I want to say this, because I think that this is a lost art that is going away. And you're going to say, you're crazy. You need to have a journal or something. And here's the reason why. Out there, some of you may say, well, I don't know how to read or what to do. We've got a simple plan out there called the HEAR plan. Highlight, explain, apply, respond. And one of the things they say is that you write it down. As you read that scripture, what is it that stood out? That's my highlight. I'm going to write the highlight down. Explain it. I'm going to ask the questions. Who, what, when, where, why? What's this about? Why is God telling me this? Who's involved in this message? What is God trying to show the people then? What is God trying to say to me now? And then I'm going to apply it. What does this mean for my life? And my response is just simply prayer. If you were to get into that pattern, that process, that habit, that when I read God's word, I'm going to hear it. I'm going to highlight it. I'm going to explain it. I'm going to apply it. And I'm going to respond. I can guarantee you, you're going to do what I do every time when I prep a sermon. Let me tell you what I do. When we decide or when I've nailed down a text or a passage that I know I'm going to preach from, I write that whole thing out on a notebook piece of paper. And you're like, what? And then I highlight what stood out to me. And then I begin to ask these questions. The who's, the what's, the when's, the where's, the why's, the how's, and all of that about every part I can and begin to go, what is God trying to teach me in this section of Scripture? And how does it apply to everything else in Scripture? And how, as a result, does it apply to my life? And how do I respond? God's word is made for the simple, not for the complex. And so number five and six are really very simple. You may have to disconnect. Some of you may say, well, my plan's on my phone. And I just told you, my plan's on the phone. But here's what I did this morning. I got the text. I saw what I had to read. I put my phone down. I opened my Bible. And I read it that way. Because I know what happens. This becomes a distraction for me. So those are the six things. And that's, whoops, I'll flash y'all. So <laughs> anyways, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the foundation of your word. We thank you for the truth that it brings. We thank you for the fact that your word brings light, light into our, our heart, God, that we become the light in the darkness because you are light, that God is light in him. There's no darkness. And that when we walk in the light, 
we know that you are with us. And so, Lord, may we be people who are light in the darkness. May we be people who bring hope. God, would you use your word to judge our thoughts and our actions? And God, maybe today it's just a simple step for somebody to commit to read God's word, to engage God's word in a daily basis because we know that you can do more in a little than we can do by neglecting it all. And so, Lord, we pray that we'd have a passion and a hunger and a desire for your word to grow and become more Christ-like. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.